You can meet and hear Mark and Molly Hemingway, Robert George, Albert Moeller, Brian Wolfmiller, Hans Feeney, and Will Whedon at the 2020 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 12th and Saturday, June 13th in Chicago. For more information, visit issuesetc.org or call 618-223-8385. The 2020 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference, June 12th and 13th at Concordia University, Chicago. Feminism promised women fulfillment outside the home, at work, pursuing a career, making themselves useful to society. Has that promise been fulfilled? And feminism also, in a way, resulted in something of a role reversal between men and women. The more women became like men, the less men became like men. How did that happen? How did that occur? What about the ideas of feminism has led to essentially the disempowerment of men? And why do so many men fail to notice that they have been disempowered? Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin on this Tuesday afternoon. Suzanne Venker joins us. We're going to talk about feminism and male disempowerment. She's a married mother of two children in St. Louis, a columnist at the Washington Examiner, author of several books, including her latest, Women Who Win at Love, and a recent column for The Federalist titled, How America's Woman-Dominant Sexual Dynamic is Destroying Marriages and Families. Suzanne, welcome back. Thanks for having me. You write, for decades, women have been groomed to be like men, and men have responded by becoming more like women. What do you mean? So, well, we know now that it's been a very long time that women have been raised to be strong and independent and powerful, which is kind of the way we used to raise boys. And we've sort of reversed that and encouraged women to adopt more stereotypically male or masculine traits and have either dismissed boys' needs or encouraged them to be more like girls. Like, for example, just in schools alone, schools are very heavily geared toward the interests of girls and Boys are simply expected to just kind of go along for the ride, really. You know, they got rid of recess, expect them to sit still and, and read, as opposed to be more physically active, those types of things. So it starts when they're very young in terms of being feminized. But we also have, you know, a huge rate of single parents in this country, most of whom are, are women, mothers. And so boys are raised largely by women. So they're really, everywhere they look, they're lacking male role models. And meanwhile, women are encouraged by everybody pretty much to go out and compete and be more and more stereotypically male. Give us a a real-life example of this role reversal in marriage and its results. So the reason why I've become so adamant about speaking out more and writing about it is because I, I literally face this every day with what I do as a relationship coach, as an author, as the receiver of all of these emails over the years, they've gotten considerably more streamlined in that almost every coaching session I have and so many of the emails are about this role reversal, meaning it's not always exactly the same. It can be extreme or not so extreme. The most extreme, of course, is when the woman is the breadwinner and her husband is not employed at all. That's an extreme version. Uh, It's more likely that they both work outside the home, but she earns more. 
And when you have this dynamic, everything in the marriage shifts. It might work for a little while, but next thing you know, there is the sex falls away, the respect falls away, just trying to move against a more natural biological way always provides conflict because the idea is that we're taught that it shouldn't matter because it doesn't matter ultimately because men and women are supposed to be the same or equal as in the same. But of course, it does matter. There's a very big difference between what motivates a man and what motivates a woman and what a woman needs and what a man needs. So when they try and reverse roles, they end up having conflict that they didn't foresee. So for example, the woman gets very overwhelmed, deals with a lot of guilt and stress, is very resentful of being in that position, doesn't want to be in that position, starts to look at her husband differently because she feels like she can't depend on him, which is a very natural thing for her to want to feel. And the man is very unhappy because he's basically being led instead of doing the leading. So he feels like his wife is more of his mother and not his wife. So it's it's very problematic. Whereas if you reverse that and it was a more traditional setup, you would not end up with the same result. What do statistics tell us about marriage and families as a result of role reversals? What typically happens? What typically happens is what I just described, and they do not fare as well, and they struggle more and very often lead to divorce because it's just it's like going against nature. I guess that's the best way of putting it. And so they're trying, it's like, it's like an uphill battle and they keep trying. And unless they reverse it or fix it in some way, it's just continuously problematic and it gets worse the more they get into it. Are you saying that men's and women's roles are inflexible? I'm not actually. I, I'm very big on being malleable when it comes to work and family issues. It's certainly the way it functions in my family. And I I think, well, certainly even in most people's families that I know, I don't really know anybody who has really a strict scenario, although some still do. But no, I think the overlap is inevitable. I think the way that we live today with everything that's changed regarding the internet, working from home, household conveniences, all of those things that are not going away have allowed us to live very different kind of lives where there's a lot of overlap. There's no argument there. The the issue is really that ultimately there is such a thing as too much overlap. That's just, there's really no other way to put it. If you do it too much, if there's, you know, too much of a role reversal, that's when you start to see this decline because it isn't natural for women to want to provide and protect for their families in the way that for a man it is natural. So when he's in that role, he sort of shines. When she's in that role, she's just deluged with all this guilt and stress and, and resentment. So women don't stop wanting to fulfill their biological roles as mother and nurturer, even if they're working outside the home, it, it becomes a source for them of dissatisfaction. Right, exactly. And of course, they're doing what they are taught to do. They were told that they're supposed to live this way. They're supposed to go out and emulate men's lives. And, and no one told them that when they do that, it's not going to have the same effect on you that it is for him because he's, he's designed to protect his family and to provide for it. And that's where he gets his sense of purpose. But for women, for the most part, that's not really why they work. They don't work for the same reasons. And so they end up with a different result. How has feminism eroded male power, even to the point, as you say in your article, that many men don't even recognize they've been disempowered? Yeah, I think that it's been sold to them as well, that if you're woke, 
to use the word, you know, of the modern generation, you're woke. If you're away, you know, that basically means that you have a feminist mind or a very left wing sort of progressive mindset that you want to jump on board with all of that. That makes you somehow cool or better and more up to speed than your your parents and grandparents. So I think there's a lot of men who who jump on board for that reason. They want they want to go where they're supposed to go. And in so doing, they don't realize that that's going to very often come back to bite them in the butt because they don't recognize the things that we've just been talking about here until way in, way in. Like there can be in a relationship for years, particularly after, you know, they get married and the kids come along and all of a sudden those sex differences start to rear their head. And all of a sudden this stuff starts happening that we were talking about and they men, that is, don't realize, didn't realize that that was going to happen because they thought they were doing the right thing in being more progressive with their mindset. How are biological differences, our basic anatomical differences, really the best guide for understanding the other differences between men and yeah. women? Yeah. Well, I, I use an analogy there in the piece. I was saying, look, you know, look down. We have different body parts, right? They're meant to fit together like a puzzle piece. I mean, that's how we were made. And instead of just thinking of those as a physical thing, understand that we're just as different psychologically, even though we can't see it like we can our body parts. So to approach the relationship, not just thinking that we're different anatomically, but that actually everything about the way we think and work within that thought process, everything about it, especially when you're talking about marriage, is different. And so the more you understand how men think and how women think and how different they are, the easier your relationship's going to be. And that's going to require some study because we're not taught to think that way. We're not even taught to think that we are different. So you have to really do some digging and there are ways to do that easily and get that information. And then the more more you have that, the more empowered you are to make your relationship strong. You had talked a bit about kind of a wage gap when the wife makes considerably more money than the husband and what that can lead to. Talk about that scenario. Yeah. Well, I'll just give an example of my most recent client. She makes $400,000 a year as a physician. Her husband has been a stay-at-home dad for the last 20 years. They have four children. Their marriage is hanging on by a thread. Initially, they ended up doing it, and I know they're not alone in this, because we're looking at both people's careers, and you're trying to figure out, oh, which one makes the most money? you often don't think sex. You're not thinking about the sex or gender of the parent. You're just thinking, oh, which one makes more money? So that makes more sense. Have the other person stay home. Well, it turns out it does matter who stays home because, again, for all the reasons that we've been talking about, the result isn't going to be the same. So she ends up feeling she's been very resentful and very jealous of the time that he gets at home with the kids. And he is very jealous of the fact that you know, she's the provider, and she ultimately said she feels like she leads the family. She doesn't want to be the leader. And then it causes all sorts of money problems because she thinks she has the final say because she makes the money, even though it's technically the family's money or both of their money. It's just, it gets very complicated, and that bleeds over into the bedroom. There's no sex. It's just, that's a really extreme example. I don't think most people are in that particular extreme of a different work life balance situation. But the more it leads toward that, the more problems there are. That's basically the bottom line. Finally, feminism has promised women that if they become more like men, they will be fulfilled, they will be happy. Has this proven true? 
this is not proven true. And, and in fact, that study came out in, it's been about 10 years now, where it turns out that the more education, more freedom, more power women have had, the less happy they are relative to men. So that that caused quite a, an uproar at the time when it came out because that was not the goal <laughs> at all of feminism. And it kind of fell from there. I mean, we know that women are less happy, but we are not so willing to talk about why, because it's still very politically incorrect to acknowledge these differences between men and women, and that this idea of equality or sameness will never be achieved because we are so vastly different, and that it, that's an okay thing, and that means our lives and our the way we map them out are going to be very different, and that's something to support and be proud of, not something to try and pretend isn't a thing. Suzanne Venker is a married mother of two children in St. Louis. She's a columnist for the Washington Examiner, author of several books, including her latest, Women Who Win at Love, and a recent column for The Federalist titled How America's Woman-Dominated Sexual Dynamic is Destroying Marriages and Families. You can read this column and purchase Women Who Win at Love at issuesetc.org. Click Talk on Demand Archives. Suzanne, thank you. Thanks for having me. We will go through listener email and the Issues Etc. listener comment line for the remainder of the program. That email address, talkback at issuesetc.org, and the comment line, 618-223-8382. The Simply Classical curriculum for special needs moves at my child's pace and gives her exactly what she needs. So writes Amber, a homeschooling mother who has joined thousands in homes and schools, teaching from this uniquely Christian, classical approach to special education. Teach students with autism, learning disabilities, or Down syndrome based on ability level rather than chronological age. Use promo code LPR20 today at classicalspecialneeds.com. Classicalspecialneeds.com. Listen to the best of the church's music for the Epiphany season at LutheranPublicRadio.org. Sacred music for the Epiphany season, 24-7. LutheranPublicRadio.org. College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois offers ACT, SAT, and PSAT test prep, scholarship application classes, college and career counseling, and more. Hi, this is Lori Konsky, president of College Preparation Station. We have helped our students obtain more than $7 million in tuition scholarships in 12 years. Find out more at cpsprep.com. Let us help you create a vision and find your future. The College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois, cpsprep.com. Lutheran Talk. We have an ecumenical responsibility to hold forth the scriptures and to bear witness to grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone. Lutheran Music. Listen anytime, anywhere in 2020 with the Lutheran Public Radio mobile app. Download for iPhone, Android, and Kindle at issuesetc.org. Listen to what you want, when you want. You're listening to Issues Etc., Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Bethlehem Lutheran, Altamont, Illinois. 
Faith Lutheran, Azona, Texas, Grace Lutheran, San Mateo, California, Emmanuel Lutheran, Lima, Ohio, Mount Calvary Lutheran, San Antonio, Texas, Peace Lutheran, Rapid City, South Dakota, Risen Savior Lutheran, Basor, Kansas, St. John Lutheran, Topeka, Kansas, St. Peter Lutheran, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Zion Lutheran, Tacoma, Washington. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including issues, etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click support, donate, and print the one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the radio, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal.